What is up, y'all? You are checking out the Uncensored Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am Ant, and I am joined by my new host and friend, Mike. Introduce yourself to everybody listening out there. Hey, hey guys, it's me, Mike Loving. How you doing? I'm a pro wrestling fan from West Virginia. Been been a pro wrestling fan since the age of nine or ten years old. Look forward to doing this podcast and rolling. Yes, and the cool thing about this is this is our Attitude Era podcast. So Mike is going to be having a complete cool um, sort of vibe bringing to the show since he was fourteen during the Attitude Era. So he's going to have a full cool. Well, he was fourteen in nineteen ninety-seven during this time. So he's going to add a whole little cool element to discussing this time period. So for those of you listening. Yes, we are in our Attitude Era recap videos, and we are on Mon- Raw's War from December 29th, 1997, and we are live in Long Island, New York, which isn't too far away from me in Connecticut, where I'm at right now. And the show starts off with the artist formerly known as Goldust and Luna Vachon coming out, and Goldust is dressed up as Baby New Year. He's in a diaper, and during this pie, during this this time during this time goldas is reinventing his character and he was this bizarre artist formerly known as character we saw last week he dressed up as a christmas tree this time he's dressing up as baby new year and he says that he does goldas claims he will be inside the royal rumble match and he will make stone cold steve austin be his big ken doll while goldas is barbie that's when Stone Cold Steve Austin comes down to the ring and he trash talks Goldust and Luna. And Stone Cold says he has a gift for that piece of crap that is Goldust. And he calls down to the heavens and a porta potty comes down to the ring. And uh, Goldust tries to attack Austin, but Austin takes him out, nails a stunner, and tosses him into the porta potty and tosses the porta potty down <laughs> to the side. Um, so Mike, when you saw this live, what did you think of the segment? And uh, looking back, did you think it was a good segment to open up Raw? I think it was a great segment. Anytime you can open up with Stone Cold Steve Austin as a segment, it was one of the best openers ever. And, uh, I mean, and, and this is the kind of openers you miss. I mean, you know, putting someone in a porta potty after doing your finishing move, then, um, then I, uh, yeah, man, it's 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 good, great stuff. The funniest thing for me that I love about it is just how strange Goldust was. Did you what did you think of the Goldust character at this time when you watched it during this time? Were you into it? Did you think it was weird? Because I remember seeing it and being like, "This is very odd." I thought he, you know, they were doing, you know, like I said, the Christmas tree the prior week, and then the baby New Year that week, or the, that week, and. Uh, they just couldn't find a character for for uh, for Goldust right there for Dustin Rhodes, and uh, it was they didn't know what to do with him. So they you know stuck him with all those many characters that he portrayed. Yeah, it was very weird, and I do love Luna Vachon, so it's great seeing her. But yeah, it's also great to see Stone Cold. I feel like this is just a way to kind of put Austin on the show, but always fun. A lot of fans uh, think back to this moment on Raw's War when they think of the Ashley era because it definitely was worth talking about the next day well next we have our first match it's a long island brawl 
the Los Pariquas are taking on the Disciples of Apocalypse. And this is a pretty much like brawl. Match was pretty quick. Savio accidentally kicked Los Pariqua member and Chains made the pinfall. What did you think of these two teams and what did you think of this match? Uh, uh, that match was wild and crazy. You know, anytime you get four, uh, they were having a heavy feed at that time as well. And, uh, you know, Savio Vega, you know, to this day is still wrestling. And uh, so, I mean, for, to see him wrestling then and then to see him wrestling now, he's improved by a whole bunch. And, uh, you know, you know, they, yeah, uh, Brian Lee, I used to watch him. He was one of the uh, disciple, disciple of Apocalypse. Yeah. And I used to watch him wrestle on Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And, uh, you know, I think, I think it was either, uh, let's see, who was it? it was eight ball that was, one of them actually ended up being the, um, which we'll probably talk about in a later show. He's a, he was actually one of the um, fake undertakers. One, one of them, yeah. I can't remember which one it was. I think but, you um, it was Brian Lee. Brian Lee, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, this this match was crazy. This match was yeah. awesome. Um, anytime you got a heavy feud between Disciple of Apocalypse and Lost Barricles, it was, I mean, I think I think that they ended up actually continuing that, uh, that, um, that match or that um, that feud into the Royal Rumble actually um, but we'll probably cover that here in a couple of weeks yep now um, were you more of a Los Bariquas guy or more of a Disciples of Apocalypse I like Disciples of Apocalypse yeah. Disciples of Apocalypse was really cool they you know they came out with their motorcycles and everything and you know got people excited yeah they were uh, but yeah cool. I was definitely more of a Disciple of Apocalypse all right, all right. Yeah, DOA was, I remember being little and seeing them and being like, oh shit, they're really cool. <laughs> um, all right, so up next we have Triple H in China. They're in the ring and Triple H is on crutches and he claims that he dislocated his kneecap. He tells Owen's heart that he has to wait for him. He has to wait for Triple H to stomp Owen's guts in. Triple H says that Shawn Michaels is at home with a 102 degree fever. And then the Undertaker music comes out and a casket is brought out to the ring. Shawn Michaels comes out of the casket dancing um, and there's DX graffiti written on the casket. Shawn Michaels introduces us to the two newest members of DX and he looks at China's boobs. <laughs> he says that she's the breast damn woman in town. <laughs> Double DX, he says. <laughs> Sean says Owen Hart is lucky that Triple H got hurt at the Royal Rumble Undertaker. Shawn Michaels is going to give you the third and final chance. He then starts to talk to China's boobs. Shawn Michaels claims that 1998 will be the year of DX. And then Commissioner Slaughter comes out. DX call him Butterball. And Slaughter says it's fine that Triple H can't fight. But Shawn Michaels will defend his WWF title against Owen Hart in the main event tonight so what are your thoughts on dx did you like them at the time we know that triple a i mean not triple a Shawn michaels and undertaker are going to fight at the rumble in a casket match and we do know eventually triple h and heart won't fight but right now triple h has been docking owen hart decking him docking that's not even a word decking owen hart what do you think about this whole situation and segment uh, it was it was a very interesting interesting segment. Uh, anytime you had DX and Sergeant Slaughter in a 
I mean, you, you can go back, like, you know, when they had those masks on, you know, getting up in Sergeant Slaughter's face. I mean, anytime yeah. you had a promo like that, man, that was definitely, it was definitely money. I mean, they, they knew how to throw promos out for sure. And, you know, they always disrespected the Sarge. I mean, I like the Sarge in the ring, but whenever it became down to him becoming a manager of overall, you know, you know, DX gave him that DX gave him a whole bunch of crap that, you know, it kind of reminds you of them getting ready for the Vince McMahon Austin's, you know, series. But I mean, not as good as Austin, but you know, they 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 gave Sergeant Slaughter up the road for sure. Yeah, he was so annoying. He'd come out and he'd be like, Oh, I'm just sorry to do it. I used to love when Triple H would fuck with him. Uh especially when he like fucking spit and they'd like weird that little uh, thing with the <laughs> the shield where it would get a you know they'd use the fucking what are they called on the car i'm so dumb right now the windshield wipers or like little white windshield wipers yeah that was my favorite for sure very funny all right well next we see a bunch of wrestlers backstage they're talking about attacking kane because kane has just been destroying everybody in his path up next we have the world's most dangerous man ken shamrock taking on kama mustafa with a nation of domination with him. D'Lo trips Ken Shamrock as Kama drops an elbow. Kama punches Ken Shamrock in the corner, and Ken Shamrock takes control and nails a dropkick. Farouk stands on the apron. Kama accidentally kicks D'Lo, and Shamrock locks in the ankle lock, and Kama taps out. After that, The Rock comes out, and The Rock tells Ken Shamrock, your luck is going to run out next week against Farouk. And Farouk looks upset after finding out he will have to take on Ken Shamrock next week. So what are your thoughts against this Rock versus Ken Shamrock rivalry and Ken Shamrock taking out Kama? I think Ken Shamrock was the most dangerous man. Like you said, he, he was very successful in the ring. And uh, also, I think this also leads to the buildup of the Rock versus Farouk feud that would lead up to the uh, fights that they would have to see who was leader of the nation of domination. And, uh, you know, that, that rivalry was really interesting as well. Yeah, I think it was a great, there was like a lot of different storylines being set up and going on at the time. Like you said, rock and Ken Shamrock for being like, yo, I'm the leader. Why are you stepping up and making decisions rock? Like I'm the one in charge. So you can smell the dissension in the room. Yes. Yes, sir. All right. Next, Vince McMahon wishes us all a happy new year, which it was, you know, cool to see how young he looked back then over 30 years ago, and now he's all old. We then have our next match, two sexy <laughs> Brian Christopher and Jerry the King Lawler taking on the WWF light heavyweight champion, Taka Michinoku, and George the Animal Steel, where it was a surprise to see the animal come out because he's a Hall of Famer, and legendary wrestler. My dad used to be afraid of him when he was little, so there you go. Uh, King nails Taka with brass knuckles, and then George Animal Steel hits Brian Christopher with something. The referee eventually calls off the match, making it a no contest, and then after the match, the animal chases the referee out of the ring with a box. So this match was kind of just like crazy. What, what was your thoughts on the match? And did you appreciate George Animal Steel at the time? Well, I, I can definitely appreciate George Animal Steel, but I don't know if a turnbuckle pad could. And, uh, uh, but, uh, 
you know, you appreciate both tag teams, you know, you know, with the loss of Brian Christopher a couple years ago. And then, you know, seeing Jerry Lawler, actually, I got to see Jerry Lawler wrestle in Beckley, West Virginia last year. He, uh, he fought one of the local towns here and to see him and to see him wrestle in this match, you know, Jerry's improved his wrestling skills for sure. And, uh, he was, you know, of course he's led Jerry for his pile driver and stuff, which actually he won that match in West Virginia, uh, last, last year with the pile driver. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's always good to see the King, you know, that's be a tag match or a kiss my foot match with Bret Hart or, you know, some of the classic matches that he's had. And, uh, so, uh, but that's, that's what I gotta say about that match. All right. All right. Yeah. A lot of, it was good to see Jerry Lawler. I agree. Uh, actually getting involved well we're going to take a quick break when we come back we are officially going to be entering the war zone we have the new age outlaws taking on mankind and we see a special guest appearance in that match sable comes down to the ring we see the superstars while the wrestlers attempt to confront kane and we have our main event wwf champion the heartbreak kid Shawn michaels defending against the Black Heart, Owen Hart. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Yes, definitely check out Anchor.fm. It is the greatest place to create and distribute your podcast for free. That is the tool that the Uncensored Pro Wrestling Podcast uses to distribute our podcast. And we'd like to thank you wherever you are listening to us. We, the Uncensored Pro Wrestling Podcast, are available on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and wherever podcasts are available. Just type in the Uncensored Pro Wrestling Podcast and give us a five-star rating. You can also check us out on YouTube. Just search the Uncensored Pro Wrestling Podcast. Subscribe, like, and hit the notification bell to stay notified when new content is created. And Mike, we are now entering the war zone on Monday Night Raw and the WWF Tag Team Champions. The New Age Outlaws come out as they get ready to take on Mankind. They show a replay of them attacking Mick Foley the past couple of weeks and they laugh. Uh, Do Love appears on the Titan Tron and Do Love says, you broke the dude's heart. The dude may have mercy this time, but this other cat may not. And then we see Mankind on the Titan Tron. Uh, and then eventually Cactus Jack comes on and says, Chainsaw Charlie is here. Cactus Jack comes down with a barbed wire bat, and Cactus Jack takes control of the Road Dog. Jack clotheslines the Road Dog over top rope. Road Dog hits Cactus with a chair shot to the head. Referee calls for the DQ, and Cactus Jack beats Road Dog by disqualification. After the match, Cactus Jack runs up the ramp, and eventually a um it was like a like a chainsaw started to like come through the wooden box that was on stage and chainsaw charlie breaks through the crate and the new age outlaws run backstage so what was your reaction to chainsaw charlie when you first saw him live and what did you think of the match and this rivalry the rivalry was great I mean, you know, you had your, you know, you had your rivalry with these two, and then you, you know, you get Chainsaw Charlie involved, which, you know, of course, is Terry Funk, and uh, you know, Terry Funk and Mankind together. That's that's uh, 
quite an interesting pair. I mean, they, you know, they could have went, and they, and they did go somewhere special with this. But I mean, it's you know, to see them two together in the WWE, you would never would have thought that would have happened. And uh, but but it did happen, and and it was a great choice by man to pick this, and uh, you know, to to see him coming out of that box. And to see it was, you know, Terry Funk, a.k.a. Chainsaw Charlie. I mean, that was probably one of the best gimmicks Terry Funk, Terry Funk had. And uh, but that's that's what I mean. And the, and the match itself was uh, was was really good. I, I give it a three out of five. I mean, it was, I mean, you know, one of the best. But, I mean, I would say it was probably at least mediocre as far as, you know, that night. I mean considering what matches you had. So, I mean, uh, but like I said, the rivalry was great between those two tag teams for sure during that time period. Yeah, it was definitely cool to see the hardcore stuff all the time. I loved all that shit. And uh, Chainsaw Charlie was very cool. It's kind of like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre type gimmick. Uh, Cool to see. All right, next, Sable comes down to the ring. And Sable is about to undress until Marvelous Mark Marrow comes down. Mero says that I'm the star and Sable wouldn't have been in a magazine without Mark Mero. He low blows Kevin Kelly, but then Tom Brandy makes the save. Uh, but then Mark Mero nails Tom Brandy with a steel chair and lands a TKO on top of the chair. He puts the pictures of Sable from the Raw magazine inside Tom's mouth and Mero says, I'm the star. So did you hate Mark Mero back then as much as everyone else did too? Uh, well, I mean, I, I like Mark Mero because you know I followed him in WCW as well, and uh, uh, when, when he was Johnny Bad, you know, I, I mean, I liked his skill set, but I don't think he got the. I mean, I think he could have been a lot more talent. I think, which you know, that goes back to what WWE's done with talent. You know, they, you know, the guys that they should get talent more more options to or more matches to you know they don't they don't get that yeah. and uh but um but i mean i think mark Mara could have been in a lot more better matches and uh and i've actually got to uh set up set up a interview with mark i didn't get to participate in it but um he, he's a great guy i mean you know yeah uh, he, he he does he's you know he's really changed his life and stuff now and uh he, uh, I mean, he's a he's a great ambassador for wrestling now, and uh, you know, back in the day, whenever that stuff, whenever he was having trouble and stuff, it's you know, it it was you know, but I mean, I I, I did not like him whenever they turned him bad in uh, around this time. Yeah, Mark Miro, it, I just one of his speeches that he gave a couple of years back, and he's a really good motivational speaker. Um, and yeah, they I, they did kind of do him dirty when he came to WWE after when they turned him heel and it made him this whole entire like I'm a boxer type gimmick. Um, did you like Sable at the time? Uh, uh, I mean, I had my mixed feelings toward toward that person, and uh, but I mean, you know, I never was really fond. Of the wrestling skills that this person had, and, <laughs> you see uh, this person. So, um, I love it. Yes, this person. This person. Yes, sir. Yep. But 
I mean, as far as my, you know, you know, she was this person was definitely uh, attention for herself type person. And uh, but as far as the wrestling skills go, then I mean, I wasn't really impressed at all. Sable was hot. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, uh, all right, before Brock Lesnar comes and beats my ass. So seven wrestlers come down to the ring, and Chains calls Kane down, saying they are going to put his fire out. Kane walks down to the ring with Paul Bearer, and the Undertaker eventually comes out, and Kane and Undertaker face off. But the Undertaker and Kane actually attack the other wrestlers in the ring. And then Undertaker leaves the ring. He looks at the camera and says, I will burn hell before I fight you. So obviously everyone loves the storyline. When you were watching this live, were you shocked that the Undertaker teamed up with Kane? Or were you sort of expecting that to happen? I was kind of expecting it to happen. I mean, because, you know, you get, you get the brother story. You know, yeah, yeah, they started off as as uh, as enemies, but you know, eventually it was going to happen. I mean, you know, because I mean, what better way to get a formal tag team than two brothers who know each other? And uh, you know, both of them went on to both better have, have better. I mean, you know, both of them went on to be, have better careers. And uh, I, I think it was I think it was a great thing for them. To, I mean, if they wouldn't have done it, then there was something wrong because. You know, they, I mean, to have Undertaker and Kane out would be, uh, I think they won actually the tag team championships once or twice. Did they not? Yeah, I think, I think they held it in 2001. Um, I think again, I, I don't remember, but yeah, I do remember they were very successful as a team, obviously. They were great. Okay. Um, so then we see the New Age Outlaws. They're yelling at Michael Cole backstage. They're mad, and they run away from Chainsaw Charlie, who runs at them, who carves out a door. We then get Jim Cornette backstage, and Jim Cornette is screaming that he gives a state of wrestling in 1998, and he says that it stinks. He trashes WCW, NWO, ECW, and the WWF. Jim Cornette says no one has no respect for wrestling. He trashes Connecticut. Um, <laughs> the people running promotions suck. He doesn't want sports entertainment down south. They respect wrestling. Maybe Jim Cornette might bring real wrestling to the WWF. What are your thoughts on Jim Cornette? Oh man, I, this goes back to my Smoky Mountain days, man. I, you know, I grew up around Jim Cornette pretty much, and uh, you know he. There were sometimes he was funny, and there were sometimes there was things he didn't really need to say. And uh, I mean, of course, you know, as far as being a manager goes, you know, you know, of course, his model, I mean, his way of, you know, being a manager was, you know, hitting someone with that tennis racket of his. And, uh, you know, I remember him, you know, back in WCW days, back in early WCW days with the uh, Midnight Express, you know. I, you know, I could go on forever about Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette, you know, he's got his own podcast and everything. Um, but uh, he's... He, so you're not a fan of Jim Cornette. Uh, he's, I mean, I, I mean, there are some things he, he's <laughs> right about. There's some things he's not right about. No, I like Jim Cornette. I mean, there's nothing wrong with him. I mean, he, he has his moments. I really like when he's on Dark Side of the Ring because he just goes all in. 
Um, it was, you know, for, to be honest, this is a really good promo and to know the history and know eventually that when NWA does come into WWE, it really didn't really do anything. So it is kind of sad to see him give this really well together promo and then have it really end up to being nothing. But props to you, Jim Cornette. Uh, we then go back and we see the PlayStation Slam of the Week brought to you by Bushido Blade. It's uh, the video of Stone Cold Steve Austin nailing a stunner on Santa Claus, which we all love and appreciate. Out next, Sunny comes out to the ring and she shows off the Raw magazine with her bikini on the cover. It's great. We then go to Jim Ross and he announces that Iron Mike Tyson will participate at WrestleMania 14. Were you into Mike Tyson? Were like, what were your thoughts on him at that time? Because for me, I knew who he was, but was he a big name celebrity for you at the time or was he just another person they just had? I, th I think it was a, a smart selection for them to put Mike Tyson with the, uh, with, with the Austin Shawn Michaels match at WrestleMania. I think it was, um, I think it was a smart move by WWE. I mean, Mike Tyson was pretty big at that time. In, in my opinion, and uh, they uh, definitely brought in a, a moneymaker when they brought him in for WrestleMania. That was definitely for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, up next, we have our main event, the WWE title on the line. The WWE champion heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, with DX by his side, taking on Blackheart Owen Hart. Owen attacks Shawn Michaels on the ramp, nails a suplex. Owen then backdrops HBA, HBK to the outside. China then pulls Owen's leg, and Shawn Michaels sends Owen Hart off the apron into the guard railing outside. HBK lands a pile driver and gets a two count. Owen Hart nails a spinning heel kick and gets a two. Owen lands an enziguri and a sharpshooter, and then... Triple H ends up hitting Owen Hart with a crutch and DX attack Owen with the crutch and just basically lay him out. Now, at the time, I didn't know that Owen Hart, like I knew Owen Hart was a big deal, but I didn't know that he was having this sort of character of like running in and attacking them at the time. I, I didn't think he was as, you know, because his brother had just left, I thought they were more focused on Brett, but they really were focused on Owen a lot. What did you think of the match and the attack afterwards? Uh, you know, of course, you know, leave it to DX to attack someone after a match. So that's, that's nothing out of the usual, um, especially when they had both of them right there at ringside. Uh, but the match, I thought the match was a four out of five. I thought it was a really good match. You know, Owen Hart, you know, rest in peace. But uh, I, I think he could have been, I mean, if, some, if he wouldn't have, you know, what happened to what happened to him, I mean, I think he could have been, um, uh, something a lot bigger than WWE after his brother left, and uh, and uh, I mean he he was already pure talent already. I mean they already had someone special in him. Um, I, you know I liked his feud with his brother. I mean that was probably one of the best historical feuds. You know I you know especially I, I love the part whenever uh, you know a Survivor Series when uh, when Owen Hart turned on his brother. And, uh, you know, they're carrying Brett back here. You know, you see Owen Hart on the promo video, you know, you know, talking about, you know, that, you know, how much, you know, he's ashamed of Brett, you know, Brett's always in the spotlight, you know, and 
he can never do I mean, you know, I mean, that was some of the classic stuff, but this match with Shawn Michaels, um, you know, was pretty good. I, you know, like I said, I'd give it four out of five out of the matches that was on there on the card. And, uh, but that, that was my take. Sick. Nice. Yeah. I, I thought it was a great match. It was great to see Shawn Michaels. It was also cool to see DX sort of be unstoppable in that moment. But that wraps it up for this week's Raw's War. It was a great prelude to what's to come in 1998. Next week, it is Raw's War from January 5th, 1998, in my hometown of New Haven, Connecticut. My brother is actually seen in the audience so mike you'll have to look out for that when we watch it um okay we'll be back with our recap soon so be on the lookout for that and any last words mike do you have anything you want to say uh man i just look forward to doing these podcasts with you man it's going to be great to be going back into the years 1997 to to whenever the attitude era ended i you know uh, yeah we're gonna go we're gonna go a long way brother we're gonna have a good time doing it and all right everybody We are going to wrap it up. You guys have a good rest of your week. Stay safe, and we will see you next, well, in a couple of weeks with our next episode of The Edge Era. Stay safe. Bye.